0: what's up and what's happening Reds fans thanks for tuning in to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast I'm your cheap seat crony Jeff Carr the show's host thanks for tuning in I appreciate the download today we're going to talk about some things I have a question for you and then I also want to look at Sal Romano and take a look at his contributions last year and I'm going to tell you why I think he's going to improve in 2019 but before before we get to that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and check us out on the website, LockdownReds.com. Also, check us out on Twitter. My handle is at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R, and then also look at the Lockdown Reds Twitter account, just simply at Lockdown Reds. Let's dive right into it. Tonight, I have a question for you. There, There are rumors. I mean, I've been talking about rumors forever. I feel like there's so many rumors, it's just going to make your head spin. There's enough rumors that the rumors finally turn back around and say that the rumors that you first heard are no longer true because of this rumor and blah, 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 blah. But I have a big picture question for you. What do you expect out of 2019? I have this Twitter poll up at the Lockdown Reds account asking you, uh, there's a couple of options there, but what do you expect out of 2019? That's really what is going to you know, lead your opinions of the upcoming trades that are about to happen. You know, you hear about Sonny Gray maybe coming, you hear about Corey Kluber maybe coming and all of these different things. They may become a red in the next couple of weeks, maybe the next month or so. But I but I ask you, what are your expectations? Because what your expectations are dictate how you're gonna feel about those trades. If you feel like I kind of feel that this team is going to be, and and I put this as a poll uh, option, if you feel like they're going to be entertainingly 500, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility at all, I can definitely see them improving to 500, but if you see them as an entertaining team that's going to end the season at 500, then you're really not into that trade for Corey Kluber, because Corey Kluber, is going to require Nick Senzel. The, the Indians or the Padres, however it works out, if it's just a one-for-one, one, you know, two teams involved, or it's not going to be one-for-one, one, but if it's, if it's the Reds and the Indians that are just involved, or if it's a three-team deal involving the Padres, no matter what you look at, Nick Senzel has to be on the table. So just put that out of your mind right now. If you think 2019 is going to be an entertainingly 500 season, you're not making that trade for Corey Kluber. If you think, or if you expect, rather, that the Reds are going to make the playoffs this year, then you absolutely have to do that deal for Corey Kluber. They're not a playoff team without him. Not this year anyway. We're talking about the toughest division in all of baseball. I'm, I feel almost completely confident in saying that. You've got the Cubs, who won the World Series three years ago. You've got the Brewers, who were the best team in the division last year. And you've got the St. Louis Cardinals, who were already a pretty good team. And then they went out and got Paul Goldschmidt. And they got Andrew Miller. And they've probably got, you know, a couple moves left in them. So... The top three teams got better, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are just a young team that is using their core of their farm system to get better each and every season. So 500, that's great. You're going to finish fourth in the division, which that's fine. That's an improvement on last year. It's not a 90-loss season. That is all well and good. But if that's what you're thinking, you're not thinking Corey Kluber is a red in 2019. If you're thinking playoffs, then you definitely need Corey Kluber. And that's just the start because playoffs for the Reds probably means 90 plus wins. Right now, that is over, I'd say, probably they have to improve by 23. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing math there. So definitely 23, but 24 or more wins compared to last season. And that is just really difficult to do. You don't see that jump very much. But in order to do that, Corey Kluber is the first step, and in order to do that, you have to trade Nick Senzel. So, and this is not really a segment where I'm jumping in and I'm telling you what's right, what's wrong. I'm telling you that when it comes to this proposed deal, when it comes to the rumors of the Reds getting Corey Kluber, now not so much with Sonny Gray. Here's the thing with Sonny Gray, though. He is not an improvement on Alex Wood or Tanner Rourke. He just isn't. He's not going to be that guy that officially makes the Reds a playoff team. Corey Klubert is that guy. Now, I know some of you guys have problems with his age and problems with that, and I've seen some comparisons on Twitter that say, hey, Projected war for Corey Kluber versus the projected war for Dallas Keichel plus Nixon Zell is about the same. And you know, projections are, uh, they can be all over the place. I don't take them as they're like set in stone. But at the same time, they do give you a guide of what to look for. And that being said, that means that Corey Kluber alone makes this team at least five wins better. So you definitely need him on the team if you're thinking playoffs, honestly, and we'll get a lot more into this as, you know, spring training develops and we get closer to the season. I'll have um, probably a series of episodes that will look at this season and kind of give like a preview of. But my overarching thought, my big picture thought of this whole thing is the Reds are going to be entertaining. They're going to be fun to watch. You're going to want to go to the ballpark. But don't get your playoff tickets just yet. I think they're a year away from that. And a lot of that has to do with their competition. The division is just very strong. If they played in the NL West or the NL East, I could see it. I mean, maybe they could, you know, steal the division, maybe sneak up and get a wild card, something like that. But they play in a division that the top three teams could be the top three teams in the National League. And I I don't think that's a stretch. So when it comes down to it, it all depends on your outlook as to how you're going to view the upcoming big deals, because Dick Williams has said there are still things to come. They are still working. They're still pushing behind the scenes, negotiating, all of that good stuff. It's not over yet. So, you know, we sat here with bated breaths, but I, you have to have this thought in the back of your mind that when that deal goes down, what is your overall expectation for this year? And that is how you're going to form your opinion of the upcoming deals. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be right back on the Locked On Reds podcast. You're listening to the 12th Locked On Reds episode of yours truly, Jeff Carr as the host. That's right. This is the 12th time I'm recording my voice talking about the Cincinnati Reds. They haven't kicked me out yet. Here in the second half, I kind of want to look at Sal Romano. He is a guy that when I looked at his 2018 performance and when you, when you check out the statistics, they're not super inspiring. When you look at the numbers, especially the ERA, it's up there, not something you want. It's just really kind of lackluster numbers. However, I really think he set a base for this year. And I also think an addition that the Reds made is going to truly benefit him in 2019. I think we're going to see a different and a better Sal Romano. But let me kind of rehash 2018 for you for Sal Romano. He finished the year after pitching 39 games. He had an 8-11 and record with a 5.31 ERA. Of those 39 games, he started 25 of them, and he totaled 145 and two-thirds innings pitch. He did pile up 105 strikeouts, but he also had a walks plus hits per inning pitch. So, you know, basically base runners allowed per inning. He he averaged allowed one and a half base runners per inning. You're just right under there at 1.428. So the numbers weren't stellar for him. In fact, according to baseball reference, he had a negative war, negative wins above replacement, which overall that means that a typical replacement level pitcher would have been more valuable. So that's kind of a harsh way, but, you know, numbers never, you know, they're not subjective. I almost said numbers never lie. Numbers do lie. But numbers are very objective when they take a look at things. And with Sal Romano, it was kind of the harsh reality there. In fact, his ERA indicators even say that he was getting a little unlucky, but not super unlucky because his 5.31 ERA compares to his FIP, fielding independent pitching, his FIP was 4.95. So you're not super excited about that. He gave up over a home run per nine, 1.4 homers per nine and had over three walks per nine as well which you know command was an issue in pretty much every game he pitched he did have a few good games in fact i'll be kind of honest i'm it's a little hard for me to be objective about sauramana i really enjoy him being on the reds i really enjoy watching him we totally had a connection there was a game in june The Tigers were in town. The Reds were playing Um, them. June, it was right in the middle of their hot streak, and Sal was the starting pitcher. It was one of Sal's best games of the season. In fact, according to the the game score metric, it was a 71, which tied with his start right before that as his best start of the season. And there's a lot that goes into game score. I'm not going to jump into all that right now. But that day he threw seven shutout innings. He allowed four hits and four walks, but he also had six strikeouts. And I'm telling you, after that seventh inning, he's walking off the mound, he's he's taking a stroll to the dugout. I just so happen to be sitting in the scout seats. I'm up toward the concourse, I'm standing up, I'm clapping. There's a couple of empty rows in front of me, so there's an empty space, and I'm clapping, and I swear, it looks like he's looking right up at me. He's got his eyes right in my general direction, and so I stop clapping, and I tip my hat at him, and he tips his hat right back. You can check the camera. I don't know if you really want to go into that kind of detail, but you totally can. You can go back and look at the camera on that game. As he comes off the seventh inning, as he comes off the mound, walks into the dugout, he tips his cap, and he's tipping it to me. Promise is happening. I really want to get him on here. I want to see really fat chance he's actually going to remember that specific incident. But if he does, he's one of my favorite players of all time officially because of that. But it was that moment right then and there that I'm like, all right, Sal – This guy's going to be somebody. And I tell you what, like I said, the numbers are sitting here staring at me and just like, oh, man, kind of high last year. But there's a huge addition that the Reds made. I'm telling you, it's it's getting undersold at this point because it was one of the first things that the front office did, and that was to sign Derek Johnson. This guy is a pitching whiz. He really set the Brewers up for success. We're talking about a resurgence of Wade Miley. Wade Miley was a decent pitcher. He was okay. But he goes to Milwaukee, and all of a sudden, he's got a two-something ERA. Like, I remember the couple of times that the Reds faced him last year. And each time, I was like, okay, all right, whatever. His ERA says this. I know that he's not that great of a pitcher. The Reds are going to hit him today. And every single time, Wade Miley just picked him apart. Derek Johnson is a really, really good pitching coach. But not only that, David Bell and the entire pitch you know, the entire coaching staff is in on analytics. In fact so much so that they hired Caleb Cotham, as I had mentioned a couple of episodes ago, I think it was back on Throwback Thursday of last week, that they the Reds hired Caleb Cotham to be like their pitching analytics coach. He's going to sit there. He's going to crunch the numbers. He's going to take a look at all these different advanced metrics, use all of these advanced radars and all this machinery that's going to be able to talk about spin rate and movement and all this other stuff, and they're going to be able to improve their pitching dramatically. And when I'm thinking about Sal Romano, I'm – I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to be the fifth starter. I think they're going to give him a chance, but he's definitely not the favorite. I almost wouldn't put him in the top three. But out of the bullpen, he was pretty strong last year. He pitched out of the bullpen 14 times last season. He racked up 14 and a third innings pitched, and he even finished one game. He didn't get a save or anything like that, but you know he just finished that one particular game. In those 14 innings, he gave up just one home run. He had 11 strikeouts compared to four walks, and he put together a 3.7 ERA with a 1.2 walks plus hits per inning pitched. And, you know, his strikeout to walk ratio was 2.75. So his numbers really improved. In fact, when it comes to just the number of times he sees the batters, like the first couple of times through the, you know, the first time through the lineup, he's very strong. And... When you're coming out as a reliever, you're only going to see a couple of dudes. So I think that getting behind the new pitching coaches and the new way of thinking that these coaches are going to instill with these guys – I really think he's going to grab onto that, and he's going to improve. And like I said, it was that moment when we connected in that Tigers game, and I knew it. I knew this dude was going to be something for the Reds. promise you, he's going to have a better 2019. It'd be awesome if I could get here on the podcast to talk about how he's going to improve and love to interview him. But with that being said, uh, let's wrap up today's episode. Tomorrow will be Throwback Thursday. We're going to have a very interesting thing. It's all based on this one goofy statistic that I saw on Twitter last week, and um, I won't ruin any more of Throwback Thursday for you, but be on the lookout for that. Thanks for downloading this episode. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And once again, thanks. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of the Lockdown Reds podcast. You guys have a great Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.